Hello, this is the man, G.E. Shaw, and we're here tonight to bring you Ronnie and Friends and her different type of talk. So, without any more information, here's Ronnie. Hello, how are you tonight, Greg? I'm doing okay. I'm good, good. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Greg and I used to do a show a couple of times a week where we would get together and just talk about whatever was going on in the world. And we also talked about some different um, indie artists and whatnot. So tonight, I begged and pleaded and groveled, and Greg graciously agreed to come on the show and talk about some of the things that he's doing kind of in the format that we used to do. So I've been really looking forward to this all day. <laughs> Just so you know, I'm excited. So let's let's start out um, with some of the other shows that you do during the week. I know that you have a couple of music shows. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Okay. You want to put me on a spot here? Okay. Absolutely. Well, as of right now, I host a Friday and Saturday night show called Late Night with G.E. Shaw, which of course is me. And what I've been doing here lately is getting more detail and depth with some of these uh, authors, I mean, some of these writers, well actually the authors too, because they are authoring their own music. Um, and playing a lot more jazz, a little bit more R&B, hip-hop. Um, mainly, I just want to give them a good taste of the indie world from a lot of different perspectives. Because, um, really, the indie world produces a lot of good artists and singers who want to do their music their way. Just basically the same way you do with your authors. You know, they want to maintain their integrity and what they want to write and sing about and do it their way. You know, cause a lot of times when you deal with the big record companies, um, for lack of a better word, you tend to sell your soul sometimes to get oh, what you want. True. You know, so you tend to compromise to a point where uh, where the compromise becomes more intrusive, more about the money than the work or the art they're trying to produce. So uh, I admire them. I like the way they do things. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I grew up on Motown. I grew up on a lot of the big time bands and everything. But what I'm finding now, now is the indie world, I'm not saying that they're in direct competition, but here's the thing. Before you had your big radio stations and everything else, you had people out there in the streets singing, uh, marketing their own albums. Yes, back then, there were albums, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, vinyl. You know, yep, yeah, yep. kind of date myself back a little bit, but hey. But the point is, they had to do a lot of, of their marketing themselves. 
they had to do a lot of hustling and banging and doing all that stuff to get where they want to be. You know, and then every once in a while, it, whether it be in a club, a stand-up uh, comedy venue, or whatever the case may be, they get seen, and all of a sudden, they make it big. Right. Well, see, the thing about that is, it's like the authors in your venue. I want to know about if they want to make it big, and if they did, how much of their soul, how much of their music was compromised. And when I see a lot of these indie artists out there trying to do it their way, it's better for them to have their own venue. Because, see, we global. We do things, and we're on social media that goes around the world. My hope is to generate a bigger environment for the people in Washington to get more of their music on the air. Mm -hmm. So that's what I look at, and that's why I am producing Late Night on Friday and Saturday nights. Not trying to compete with all the big radio, Tesseract-type stations, you know, everybody out there. But what I want people to understand is that there's more music out there than your traditional, you know, radio stations you know, playing the big names. I want them to understand that if they want to hear their music and people want to listen to it, they need to check us out. Come on in, sit down, relax. And if you are independent out there, hey, Submit your stuff to our website, or you can go to our website and go down at the end. You'll see Music Submit. They are one of the bigger outfits out there that deal with nothing but indie artists. Whether you're a gospel, rhythm and blues, hip-hop, rap, Christmas, whatever the case may be, alternative, um, they have a place for you. And what they do, they... Expanded out to all the blog sites, the radio sites, uh, radio station, podcasts, streaming radio, whatever the case may be. So you get a chance to do it your way. And here's a caveat to this. Is it doesn't cost, they're not selling the soul and they're not costing them a lot like you would do with a radio station, with a big record company. You know, sometimes you got to pay the piper to get paid. Right. So, um, what they do is they produce it. They are submitted. And what they do, they submit all the different stations out there. And what they do, they listen to it. And they determine what they want that's best for their station. So, here's the thing I like about it that's really important. They bring your music in. They show you how to package your music. And they're not the complete authority only. So there might be some stuff that they want to listen to and that they submit themselves and play on their stations or wherever the case may be. But they give all these radio stations, all these podcast venues, all these blog sites that write about music and everything else, they give them a chance to experience their sound and detent and uh, excuse me and based on what they like or what they want to listen to or what their radio station has in mind for their format 
they bring you in and they play your music. So you're not just getting judged by one person or two or three to see whether or not your song's gonna be heard. It's a worldwide base. Uh-huh. So you might not like certain things. I might like something different. Well, here's the thing. You get a chance to play your style or your platform. So that's what I like about it. Just like with you and your writing and your authors and your friends, which are kind of hilarious at times. <laughs> um, yes, they are. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. In their venue, y'all struggle as writers. I mean, I do too. I'm a writer too. People keep forgetting that. But here's the thing. You struggle to get known. You struggle against the big, I call them the big dogs out there. And you create your own landscape and your own environment to get your stuff heard. And the bigger you become as a network and the wider you become as a network, the more you are to make it and compete with everybody else out there. So, that's what late night is. So, how's that for an answer? <laughs> well, it's definitely very informative. Uh, I can definitely tell you have a lot of passion for what you do with these uh, these music shows. Um, I know that you have a couple of different formats. Now, is late night... Do you play all kinds of music, or do you have a specific type that you do for late night and a different type? Because I know you also have a gospel show, which well, I'm assuming is gospel music. <laughs> well, so what I do, since gospel music to me is more of a spiritual, more of an enlightenment, things of that nature, mm-hmm. I tend to separate that from everything else. Not that... Um, I don't think it's worthy. I just, growing up in a environment of spiritual and just Christian, Christianity, I just feel like they should have their own network, their own place. Gotcha. So on Tuesday afternoons, 3 p.m., we have what we call the gospel sound. And the gospel sound is... Indie musicians too, groups, bands, or whatever. And they come from everywhere. But what I'm finding out, they have some of the most incredible sounds and voices out there. That they can literally compete with some of the, you know, mainstream type artists out there. Uh, I, I truly believe that. Um... You can check them out yourself on Tuesday, like I said. We play it, and that's a new show that just got aired two weeks ago. And they're played every Tuesday at 3 p.m. And we talk about a little bit of it. I talk about sometimes comparisons I I make with certain artists. Um, That's what that's about. And... That's the reason I separate the two, because I think they deserve their own uh, platform. 
Now, on Friday and Saturday nights, what I try to do, unless it's a special occasion honoring certain people, for example, <clears throat> Mother's Day, most of the songs we started off with and we hit hard with were all about female artists. Now, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. I played a lot of some of the males in between, but I featured a lot of the females out there. Right. You know, just in honor of Mother's Day. That's just my way to honor mothers, you know, the mothers out there. Mm -hmm. uh, to answer your other question, I've tried to give a fair mix of alternative music. And see, with alternative music, you can have alternative music that's based in R&B, that's based in rock, that's based in jazz, and things of that nature. So I tried to give a blending because I don't want one to overshadow the other. Right. So what I tried to do after researching and countless listening to different other stations out there, I wanted to bring a, something similar, but a mixture, where you might get a little bit of jazz, you might get a little bit of R&B, a little bit of hip hop, a little bit of rap, um, you might get a little bit of soul. Here lately, I begin a lot of reggae, and I love reggae, mm. I love reggae. I love Bob Marley when he was alive. And reggae, and not saying all the other ones don't do it, but with reggae, it's all about the story. It's all about telling a story. And it's done in a more of a Jamaican draw, the way they make their cadence, the way they talk. And I just love it. Um... But then again, there's other musicians out there, uh, like my friend I talk to a lot. His name is Frank McKenna. Uh, his music is a little bit alternative, a little bit rock, a little bit of mainstream type music, but with a very pinpointing, um, in-depth analysis of what he sees the world as. Um, there's a song out there that he recorded called, um, I don't want to tear that word up. Um, sorry, Frank, but this with technology and how he feels cell phones, all the laptops, everything else is over saturating society that we forgot the basic needs of humans. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, being able to communicate face-to-face, -face, being able to see things from a visual more than a techno-type style. Mm -hmm. um, and I love I love him for that. I mean, me and him talk all the time. And he's also a poet. Huh. And if you listen to some of his music, you can tell where the poetic verses come in and meet his sound and his music. He's also a guitarist. He's pretty good guitarist, matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, and we talk a lot. I have another mm -hmm. friend out there, and I and I 
I love her to death. Uh, her name is Eileen Chavez. And you probably heard her a couple of times because you said you liked some of the music. Um, she reminds me, I'm not going to put her in, in those two, it wouldn't be fair, but uh, she reminds me of, uh, what's her name, Dion, uh, what's her name, Sion, Dion, Celine Dion, Celine Dion. Because of way, you know, she has that uh, jazzy, soulful, raspy type voice. Okay. And she has that same type of voice. And she sings the same type of music. Music you really can really fall for. You know, I can see somebody like in one of those dark, you know, jazzy clubs. Think about back in the day when you had, you know, you walk into some of these clubs, a uh, little bit of a smoky environment, and there's a female sitting up there on the stage, and she's singing, you know, with that type of style, and everybody would just mesmerized and listen to her voice. That's what she reminds me of. Oh, okay. Uh, she has a nice style to herself. And I can't forget my other friend I talked to. I don't talk to her that much no more. She's busy. Her name is Zaina Lawrence. When I first heard her voice, I said, damn. I'm like, this is an indie? I'm like, man, this girl has an angel in her corner. <laughs> because the different ways she can carry a tune... I said to myself, you go get it, girl, because you can definitely sing. Um, and believe it or not, here's another thing. I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but some of the artists I've been listening to and dealing with are mm -hmm. old school, making a comeback. Oh, okay. Uh, one of the um, gentlemen I've been talking to and listening to, it's Chris Jasper. Now, I don't know how much you know about Motown and all this stuff back in the day. But there was a group out there called the Isley Brothers. Right. Who love, they sang a little bit of, you know, hip-hop, a little bit of fast beat. But they were more of ballads. I like and everything. the Brothers. And surprisingly enough, when it came across my desk, I was like, wait a minute, that, no, that, that can't be, not me, that cannot be the man himself, Chris Jasper. And when I looked on there and looked at the bio and I went and looked at the, some of the images, you know, pictures they sent, they sent some photos, I said to myself, I be damn. Yes, people, I said damn. <laughs> I said, I would never ever dream that I would actually receive music from a legend. <laughs> yeah, I that's said, pretty amazing. I said to myself, damn. And also, I'm a Facebook friend of his. He follows me on Instagram. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I'm saying, I, I might, we might be small, we might be growing slowly, but I'm like, man, Hey, how many people could say that? Yeah. Uh, there's another group 
that's part old school, part new school, because they are like offsprings or generations of the same group called the Daz Band. So if anybody out there remember the Daz Band, they were more, oh yeah, they were more of a dance, a little bit more of a hip hop, a little bit more of a soulful flavor. Well, guess what? I have them. They call themselves now the Daz Band All-Stars. Because you got a couple of older ones there and either their nephews or sons or whatever. But they're back. And I played some of their music. So when you look at it from that perspective, I'm like, man, no matter what, I can honestly, honestly say I'm living a dream. Because I would have never expected that. Not me. Right. And the thing about a lot of these indie musicians is it's not like they haven't had opportunities to frontline some of these other, you know, superstars out there that we hear about. Because they have played either as backup singers or uh, frontrunners to the big name shows or big name acts out there. So it's not like they haven't been around. But they are doing it the way they choose to do it. Right. So I respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? Oh, well, I was going to ask you, because I've, I've listened to your shows a few times, and I've, I've not really heard any. Do you ever play any country? Oh, yeah. We have country. I play, I play country. It's just that sometimes when you... When I'm playing it, that's why I've been debating, rolling it over, when I want to move the time slots. Uh, sometimes you are here a couple of them early in the show. Sometimes mm -hmm. you're listening to some of them in the middle. And sometimes they're played at night. I mean, played as, at the tail end. Um, but if you happen to be on the air, now you don't know a lot of these groups per se, but you have to be on the air and you say, hey, you got any country? I want to I listen to some country right now. Or something country. All you have to do is just say, hey, send me a little note, a message. Uh, go on Spreaker and send me a message. And I'll see what I can do. And if I can squeeze it in before the show is over with, I'll do that. I um, am going to see if I can get a hold of some music from Rick Sykes. Um he is not as well known as some of the other country artists, but he was probably one of the original country uh, outlaw music performers. He predates Willie Whalen, all of them. Um, so he was one of the one of the earliest uh, singers of the you know the the outlaw country singers, and he is an amazing. Performer, so I'm going to see if I can get some of his music. If I can, I will send it on to you because I would love to hear some of that on your show. I think it would be great for getting his name out there a little bit, you know. Well, here's the thing. Since you done said that, that's why I created this show for a lot of reasons. But that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get more individuals who want to get their music heard 
to call into the show or listen to what I have to say or go to the website because they can submit their music. Um, there's a certain way they need it submitted, but they can submit it if it's an MP3 and they know how to go in and put their title and everything on their MP3s and all that good stuff. If not, just send it to Music Submit. They can send them a packet on how to do it. But uh, I'm trying to get Washington on the map a little bit more too. Mm -hmm. um, so if they haven't, my only rule and number one rule is uh, they can't be both. They can't be with a big time company or you know like Motown or RCA or whatever and take away from the independence. No, now, if they are a group like, like example, uh, Chris Jasper, who originally was with Motown and a lot of other, but he, you know, decided to submit some of his own. Hey, I don't have no problem with that. Or like the Dad's Band, cause see, here's what's going on right now. I actually think that more artists are now coming out and doing their own thing. And since we got so many social media platforms out there right now, we got uh, Breaker uh, Radio, we have Castbox, SoundCloud, Music Cloud, Mixcloud. Um, you can do it on Twitter. You can do it on certain avenues in Facebook, Instagram. Uh, they have this other thing called TikTok. There's a lot of different avenues out there for musicians and even for your venue, authors and writers. Right, so, right. if they won't, they can contact, especially the authors, they can contact you. Um, they can send it to us. I can put it on my blog site, you know, where they can, where we can um, maybe do an excerpt from their, their, their books or whatever the case may be. Or if you got any poets, well, I'll put it on there. I have I have a poetry site that's connected to that block site that uh, mm -hmm. we can put this stuff on there too. Uh, awesome. My whole thing is just to give everybody a chance, a voice. Right, right. Yeah, it is definitely a different world if you are an indie artist of any kind because, well, like you keep mentioning, you know, the authors out there, and it's true because it used to be you would try to find yourself an agent and then once you did if you did your agent would then query the big six and if they didn't pick you up you didn't publish and nowadays anybody can write something and upload it to amazon or barnes and noble or smashwords or any of these and poof you're an author doesn't matter if you're good doesn't matter at all as long as you can punch the buttons and get yourself up there you're an author and on the one hand, I think that's just amazing because there's so many talented indie authors out there that probably would never be in print if they had to wait on one of the big five now. You know, it just it just wouldn't happen. So I think it's amazing that these people, myself included, now have a voice to where we can get our stuff published. Um, on the other hand... I've read some things that should never see the light of day. And that's the other problem with this is that people who need more work and need to learn a little bit more about 
the proper way to write and format and things like that, they don't want to take that time, so they throw something off and just shove it up on Amazon, and, you know, it's just not pretty. But for the other people, and the ones that actually know more or less what they're doing, I think it's amazing that they can go to these these sites and publish their work and get it out there. I've read some books that, honestly, I am just in awe of what I have read. Uh, I've mentioned Jazz Baby by Beam Weeks on a couple of my other shows. And even now, I think it's probably been a year, year and a half since I read that book, and I can't get it out of my head. It's that good. You know, um, some of these books are just so incredible, and I imagine it's the same with uh, the indie musicians. Some of them probably have no business being anywhere out there for anyone to hear, but there are others I know that are so good and they deserve this spotlight. And now with all of these platforms, they can get it. They don't have to wait to quote unquote be discovered. They can uh, publish their own stuff and people can hear them. And some of the people that I have heard on your shows are as good, if not better than some of the quote unquote professionals I've heard, you know, um, the ones that go through the, the other channels. These people are, are just as good, if not better. Some of the stuff that I've heard you play, I when I come in on it, I usually don't hear who it is because I'll turn it on and there's a song playing and I don't hear the name of who it is. Uh, and I'm usually doing other stuff, so it's more background music for me. So I, But I, I love the stuff that I've heard you play, most of it. There's just that one song I can't stand, and you know which one I mean. But other than that, I love the stuff you play. It, it's so nice to just kick back and listen to such beautiful music, and to know that it comes from indie musicians is just a bonus for me. Yeah, see, um, you're right. I have a passion for that. I mean, I love, well, I grew up on Motown. I grew up on a lot of music. Um, music, to me, helped me in a lot of ways. Um, you know my history, my background to a certain degree. And if it wasn't for music, I'd be in trouble. I'm not going to go into details with that now on here. Not a different format. But if it wasn't for music, I would be in a lot of trouble. Uh, music kept me uh, grounded, kept me sane, kept me going in the right way. Um, and the only thing is, is if People out there want their music played. As long as every other word out there isn't a four-letter word or some way dehumanizing anybody. I, mean, I understand that music sells and there's certain things that sell better than others. I know because I'm, like I said, a writer. I used to be with certain um, publishers and I probably could have been a pretty good uh, well-known person if I would just listen to what they wanted me to do. Change my style, change the way I do things, you know, put a little bit more of the female persuasion into it, but I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't change the way I do things. But, in regards to that, what I'm trying to get across is this. As long as that is not always there on a regular basis, I play just about anything with that reason. Uh, <laughs> now, 
if you are so bad that it's killing my ears, then <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play it. But I am not rude or mean. I send you a reply back, letting you know it's just not for us. You'll get more of a nice comment uh, from me than you'll get from any music uh, publication out there that the big dogs. I tell you that now. Uh, I will listen to your music. And like I said, it was not no every other word having a four letter word, and people know what I'm talking about. Right. I will listen to it and I will give you a shot. Now, once I realized that some of that stuff, because I do, I'm tired too, and I listen to a lot of music. But once I realized certain things ain't ain't working the way I thought it was gonna be working, yeah, I don't know. It might not get played as much. But I am a man of my word, and I will play your music at least once. Um, the other thing is. We are gradually moving towards getting a lot of these authors out there, songwriters out there on the show in more of a group setting. You know, mm -hmm. whether it be a conference, video conference, or whatever the case may be, uh, to have a little round table. Hey, let's talk about society. Let's talk about why you do these things. I'm working on that. Um, I'm hoping to have it ready to go sometime in June. I don't awesome. know yet. I haven't figured out how or the format I want to put it in or who I want to be part of this show. But my hope is to get a well-rounded group of people that have different viewpoints but come from different areas. Very well, you know, thought of in their spectrum. And that is something I'm working on. Um, and matter of fact, to let you know about the shows that I kind of let go of for a while, I'm actually thinking about bringing back one, bringing back, not, not, not twice a week, but I'm thinking about bringing back once, uh, the talk show that we used to do. Oh, awesome. I'm thinking about doing it. I think, uh, the, um, the title has changed. It's called a conversation, but uh, I've been mowing that around, you know, thinking about it and when and how I want to do it. But yep, it's it's an it's on the back burner, but it's gradually moving to the front. So that's coming out. We also have a uh, show that you probably would love to be part of. It's called uh, it's called the Storytelling Hour. Okay. It's uh, acronyms for S T H. Um, it's similar to your show. The difference is, think of radio mystery theater uh, with a uh, section for commenting on why and how it was written and for what purpose it was written for. Mm -hmm. uh, it was supposed to air tomorrow, but it's not ready yet. Because this is going to be a little bit more of a 
how would I put it? For people who grew up during a time when TV wasn't as prevalent as radio, you always had these talk shows come on in the middle of the night, a lot of times in the middle of the night, like maybe 9, 10, 11 o'clock, and someone would be called, this is Radio Mystery Theater, or things of that nature. And they'll start off with a little bit of the story behind the story and what happens. What I want to do is invite different writers, poets, people who are free verse. They would be good for this. Uh, spoken word uh, authors like your guys in your arena. Um, pick out a certain little two, three page synopsis of, of your book. We'll bring in some music at the beginning to match the mood and let them just do their thing. And then afterwards, we'll sit back and we'll chat about it for a minute. That's what storytelling hour, my version of it, is going to be. So I've really been chewing that up a lot. Um, I think the first show is going to be sometime in the next few weeks. I'm thinking about doing it with my friend Frank because he has a a song that's more of a poetry burst that I like. Or the first show might be with me because I have a couple of them I want to uh, put out there. But I'd be glad to listen to Forrest. You know, and we'll uh, get the music to fit the scene or fit the environment or everything. That's where we're going. Uh, my hope is somewhere in the near future, maybe it wouldn't be until the end of this year or next year, I want to be heading toward 24-7 um, network. And it doesn't mean that we're going to be playing uh, on the air live all the time, but to a point where, where some of it would be live and a lot of it would be podcasts. So you can basically listen to it 24-7. All the shows that people miss. So that's where I want to go with this. That's what, um, that's what Mix Our Radio is about. And we'll come back and I'll, and I'll tell you more about what's going on and how we're going to... Or is it something else? that lurks behind that makes us do things or write about things that we would never talk about. Welcome to the Storytelling Hour. This is G.E. Shaw. And we're back. This is G.E. Shaw. I'm here with Ryan Deshay and we are talking about everything. So I'll let Ronnie get back to it and let her explain her take on everything. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's it's really fun for me to hear you talk about the shows and your motivations for doing them and what you hope to accomplish with them. Um, I just you know, I, I just think it's wonderful what it is that you're trying to do. But, you know, I, I'm glad to hear that you're going to be possibly bringing back 
the show that we used to do because I, I always had so much fun with that, just hanging out with you and talking about whatever was going on in the world today. Um, so I wanted to touch real quick and see what your what your thoughts are on anything. <laughs> you really don't want that. <laughs> um, I, you know, I've been laying low. Ain't been trying to put my head into a lot of things. Um, I was kind of upset a little bit about the um, people and how they're in up in an uproar about the abortion thing because I think, to be quite honest, um, we are jeopardizing one of our constitutional rights, and I think it's a bad thing if this happens because you're talking about going against a, well, decades, decades and decades of a important time in our history, and I'm referring to Roe versus Wade. Right. Um, trying to repeal that because I understand the and I understand what they talking about with abortions and it shouldn't be done and we shouldn't be killing a, a human being even in an embodied stage. But here's the thing. And I hope people don't take this the wrong way. But here's the here it is. When you dealing with Roe versus Wade and the nature of the legalities and the reason it was passed, it was to give females and women all over, all races, ethnicity, whatever, a chance to be protected under the umbrella of the law. Just in case some catastrophic events happen or tragedies happen out of their control. Um, I mean, you talked about that before a little, bit, a little while back. Uh, if, for example, somebody was raped or brutally um, taken advantage of, I think really that female has a right to determine whether or not she's able and won't to keep the child because you're not just with this law and the way it's being introduced it's it's going to be considered a crime no matter what happens no matter what they do um, no matter whether or not it's their fault or not and to me you are trending on some very very dangerous grounds because if you can repeal Roe versus Wade and people are saying that's that's okay they need to be repealed all the Christians or everybody out out there saying that this needs to be done and all that and Trump saying all these different things but here's the problem once you start repealing one all right what's to keep you from repealing other laws that's been put in place for our protection. Right. See, that's, that. that's a slippery slope that you're going down. Because 
once that goes the other way, there's no freedoms out there that's going to be protected. Because the basic synopsis behind it is Roe versus Wade was a protection for women against a violent act and against women who were from a bad environment, household, whatever the case may be. It wasn't about the women who had the knee, had the knee, wanted a child, or would come from an environment where they can give and take care of a child the way it should be taken care of. Because see, to me, I think it's sacrilegious. Anyway, if you bring a child into a world that you're not capable of taking care of. Now, abortion, I wouldn't agree with that in that regard. But there is adoption agencies out there, things of that nature. But when you come down to certain grievous acts against another human being, you should have that right to do what's best for you and your child. Because if you bring a child into this world from a grievous act and the men mental stability of the person that's having a child is not stable, what's going to happen to the child in that same environment? Well, I'll tell you something about that. Um, I agree that under certain circumstances, for example, I know that there have been, there are health issues that you can have. Um, for example, let's say you have a bad heart and carrying a child to full term could jeopardize the life, not only of the child, but of the mother. Um, if I found out I was pregnant and I was in that situation, I would have to really think about whether or not I wanted to carry this child. Um, so I get that. And if you are the victim of rape or incest or whatever, I, I get that. I still think that those children could be put up for adoption and that way you are not dealing with looking at a child who is the product of rape or incest and the child then still has the ability to live <laughs> but i'll tell you my and i am not i am not in favor of abortion simply because um too many women can't be bothered to put on a condom to you know make the guy use a condom can't be bothered to take a pill they're just going to go out and bounce around spread their legs and they end up pregnant, and then they say, oh, gee, I, I, I can't have a child. I'm just going to kill this child. I don't agree with that. There are just too many ways to prevent yourself from getting pregnant these days. I do not believe in using abortion as birth control, and that's just me. Um, I mean, I, I come from a Christian background, but it's not. that's not why. I just, I just don't agree with killing babies because you can't be bothered to take precautions. But that's just me. But having said that, I am not in favor of abortion. I don't agree with it. However, I do think that abortion should be legal. And the reason for that is because if it's not legal, then we're going to go back to the days when young women who had an unwanted pregnancy were uh, having their boyfriends kick them in the stomach. They were throwing themselves downstairs. They were going to the back alley abortionists. And we were losing a lot of the girls as well as the babies. Now, my personal feeling is if a woman is pregnant and does not want that baby, she will find a way to terminate that pregnancy. The baby's going to be dead regardless. At least if abortion is legal, 
she can go to a clinic, she can have it done in a safe, sterile place where it's done professionally. There will be no damage to the woman, I mean, on the physical level. Um, you know, I mean, that's just kind of my thoughts on it. I believe that if you're going to have an abortion, then at the end of the day, that's between you and God when you get there. You know, it's it's not anybody else's place on this earth to tell you what you should or should not do. That's that's your decision, and if you choose to abort a child, then you're the one that's going to have to answer to God for that when you get there. In the meantime, I don't think it's our place to say, gee, we are not in favor of it for moral or religious reasons, so we're not going to let anybody do it, because it's not your place out there to decide for me or for any other woman out there. You know, it's our decision. I, I don't agree with I'm not in favor of it. I don't agree with it. But I do think it needs to be legal and for those reasons, because otherwise, you know, there's just too many other ways for them to make this happen that's going to end up with a bunch of dead mothers as well as the dead babies. You know, what are you really accomplishing here by making it illegal? Well, see, the other thing is, since you said that, is the fact that I go back to the one key word in this. Well, one key statement. Roe versus Wade. I remember a time when when somebody was uh, euthanism. You know, the, the act where somebody is dying, uh, didn't want to deal with more pain or didn't want to bring that same pain onto their family. Watching them in that uh, environment. So, they wanted a mercy killing. And there was a big cry out for that. How dare you? Who ha You don't have the right. Well, whether it's right or wrong, we were created with our own free will and thought process. That's our choice. That's our body. We have the right to choose either way. Now, like you said, where based on your denomination, your faith, or wherever the case may be, that's something you have to answer to in the afterlife. But I am not going to be your judge, jury, and executioner. That's the same thing what they did when with the gay rights movement. Yeah. I, I'm not going to be your judge, executioner. I'm not going to injure it. I'm not going to do it. Because it's not my place. I am not this infinite being that can rain down on everybody and make a choice for them. See, when you do that, okay, people always want to throw out words, tyranny, tyrant, um, uh, anti-type government state, you know, talking about Russia and their capitalism and everything else. We can throw all of these words out here, okay? We we talk about it like it's candy. But the problem is when you get to a point where you're talking about things like this, aren't you getting close to being a tyrant, a tyranny? And, okay, we, how would I want to put this? A lot of people look at the our forefathers in two different ways. I look at it from this point of view and only on the premise of the writing. 
I'm not saying that minorities were included or disincluded or whatever the case may be, but in the fairness of their afterthoughts and everything, we were supposed to be have the right of liberty and justice for all. That doesn't mean that all of a sudden we can uh, arbitrarily choose who has the right to justice and who has the right not to justice. I mean, I hear everybody out there up war and Trump and all his buddies and everybody else talking about who deserves to be here and who deserves not to be here and all that. Uh, how this country was founded. Uh, the point of the matter is this. And I'm going to stand by this no matter what. This was never our country. Let's, let's be real, people. Okay? <laughs> we talk and we keep running our mouths about this is our country. We deserve to do what we want to do. Well, if memory serves me right, I think Native Americans were here long before Europeans came to the New America. Okay? I mean, let's let's get real. We talking as if we earned this on our own blood and sweat. The fact of the matter is, I'm going to, hey, this is me. People are going to hate me for saying this, but <clears throat> we built this foundation on the backs of slavery, on the backs of indentured servants, on the backs of Native Americans. And when I say indentured servants, I'm referring to European indentured servants who happen to be, and what we would consider now, poor white trash or people that owe money, okay? So I'm not alienating one for the other, but the fact of the matter is we had forced immigration, which was I referred to as the African Americans here. We had indentured servants that came here. We had everybody here, and we also have Native Americans who were already here that we felt were too <laughs> savage to have this type of world to themselves, this country to themselves. So we wanted to come in and basically culturize them. So it just mind-boggling me when I hear people talk about this as if this is our country. Let's First, put things in perspective, okay? Our country were Native Americans, okay? And without getting all philosophical or getting deep into history, they were the they were an ethnic group that almost became genocide, okay, by the Europeans, mainly due to disease. But the fact of the matter is what happened. I always wonder if the Native Americans were not susceptible to all the different types of diseases out there and everything else. And I can go into this later if people want to talk about it. But would African Americans even be in this country? So I just get to a point where 
the fact is we are solid bowl. We always have been a solid bowl of mixture of ethnicities, cultures, and things of that nature. And we need to wake up and start understanding that. Or guess what? We don't have to worry about the outside destroying us. We're going to do that for ourselves. And they're just waiting to happen. That's my that's my opinion. No, that's very true. You know, uh, outside of certain other things, <laughs> Trump ca it kills me. Um, and then I listen to the Republican Party and the Democratic Party and everything else. First of all, I'm going to say this. I hate saying this. Boy, I hate saying this. <sighs> when it's all said and done, we elected this guy. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> I hate saying this. He is our commander-in-chief. Whether I like it or not, he is the president of the United States. We have that chance to impeach him, or we have that chance to get somebody else in, what, in about a year and a half, two years almost, for now? Right. Okay, so, if we have issues with this guy, we need to bring it to our Senate, to our representatives, everything else out there. Washington State seems to be doing what they want to do, not worrying about what Trump says. <laughs> I mean, come on, Trump has threatened uh, people from Washington State because of what they do and what they choose not to do, okay? So, here's, the th here's my other thing. Do I agree with Trump? Nope. Do I think he is a bigot? Yeah, in some ways, yeah. Do I think he's a womanizer? Oh, hell yes. But, he is the president. And my biggest concern is worrying about destroying the government. Not him. Okay, key word. The government foundation that this country was built on. And letting these happy-go-lucky terrorists and everybody else around say, Hey, as long as they keep fighting... Within themselves, we this country is right for a takeover. That is very true. That's what I'm more concerned about. For myself, for my daughters who have to be here after I'm gone, and for anybody else that's coming that are offsprings. That's what I'm more concerned about. And outside of that, he need Trump need to keep his mouth shut sometimes. Cause his mouth doesn't do him. No good at all. <laughs> I mean, you were right about that. I'm amazed that when I, when you think about Trump, him being this big time conglomerate that built a foundation and everything else, for someone who's supposed to be all of that, he might be one of the, the dumbest presidents we ever had. Oh, I agree. Okay. Uh, and that's. Hey, that's being generous, okay? Believe me, that's being <laughs> generous. I would love to go further than that, but I just don't have the time, okay? Um, there's one more thing I want to talk about, but since we are over a little bit, I'm going to come back, take another break, and then we're going to talk about that before okay. we leave. This is G.E. Shaw. I'm with Ronnie Deshaies. And we'll be back.
Hello, this is GE Shaw once again. If you've been thinking about learning how to get into a new career dealing with podcasting, online radio, streaming radio, all the different names out there, you ought to try out my friends at Anchor. That's www.anchor.fm. They will they give you the best of everything for podcasting, especially people who just started out. Unlimited free hosting, which means you don't pay for it. One-click distribution. And this one-click distribution gets you to all the major players out there. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, every platform out there. Anchor does all the work. Monetization for podcasts, something new that Anchor has just bought on. If you want your listeners out there listening to you, and they love listening to you, have them make a donation. That's Anchor. And you can record from everywhere. Anchor. www.anchor.fm Check it out. You won't forget it. This is G.E. Shaw. Mix our radio. See you later. And we're back. This is G.E. Shaw. I'm here with Ryan Deshay. As we talk on her show called Ronnie and Friends. I don't know. Might not have no friends after this. But hey. <laughs> we will find out. Um, you had asked me a little while back. And I, I think I told you about some of the stuff that's going on. And what the acronyms actually stand for. So mm-hmm. I'm going to break it down real quick. And let people know what's really all this about. First of all, the foundation of this show, S-I-M-E, is the parent company, along with G.E. Shaw Enterprises, which we do a lot of little videos and things, which I'm trying to get Ronnie to do one. Um, and based on that, S-I-M-E stands for Social Social Issues, Media, and Entertainment. And the concept was brought about based on one thing. I was looking to talk about social issues. <clears throat> that was my whole foundation because I think we're in a mess of a place. But what I finally realized was this. Social media issues, social issues, my, my mistake, social issues, media, and entertainment has, if you think about a branch, all having tree limbs, where they all come from the same branch. When you think about social issues, it impacts everything we do. It impacts entertainment, it impacts media, and it impacts and media entertainment impacts social issues because of us being human beings and us having a human flaw. We all have opinions. We all think we are right. We all think these things should be done. That's where social issues, media and entertainment, S-I-M-E, comes from. Mixed Radio should not be confused with the Mixed platform. Mixed Radio is considered in the acronyms for Multicultural Independent X meaning generation, but we don't use the X. Uh, multicultural, independent, liberal radio. 
I believe in the liberality of radio and everything. I believe in being independent. Uh, I believe in multicultural. Um, me and Ronnie definitely being multicultural, but as we grow, I want a mixture of ethnicities that can bring different things to the table. So that's what Mixar stands for. Uh, yeah, you didn't know that one, did you? Uh huh. Yeah. That's what it stands for. Mix our radio is the evening aspect of every show we do, from the morning if we had a morning show to the evening. Mix our radio tonight is our version of late night. As of right now, we only have the two late night on Friday and Saturday nights. <coughs> but there's talk out there. L, if you're out there listening. Yes, I'm putting you on notice. There's talk about L, a good friend of mine that started this show with me a little while back before he had to go take care of some things, coming back to Mix Our Radio. Um, maybe once a week, late night, after 12 o'clock. Uh, we haven't decided yet what the show is going to be named or called. But if anybody remember L, I love the guy. He's a character. He's a young man, younger than me. But I love his perspective. I love what he brings. And I think overall, he's just a good guy. Okay. And believe me, I don't have a lot of friends I consider that way. So that is all for that part. Now, <laughs> I want to just break down a couple more things real quick. As of right now, what we have under the umbrella of Mixar Radio is the Ronnie and Friends show, the Gospel Sound, Late Night with G.E. Shaw, of course me, the Storytelling Hour, and probably in the next couple of weeks I will have a decision about the conversation. It's called the conversationalist. And it's basically me and Ronnie doing what we do. Um, in the near future, there's another program that I have talked to Ronnie about and also talked to her friend, Forrest, about. It's called Mixar Open Court. And y'all would love this one. Because basically, this is about what I was talking about earlier. A group of people sitting around talking about what bugs them, what they love, what they hate, um dealing with social issues, dealing with why and how they deal with it, whether it's in writing, singing, art, or whatever the case may be. Or whether or not, if they feel like it, they can tell us they hate the president. I don't care. As long as it's done in good taste and we respect each other's opinion. That's where we are going. Also, um, I'm not a person that always puts stuff out there like this. But even after discussing with Ronnie and a couple of our friends that work with us from time to time and tell to me about it, I decided I will do this. Um, uh, as of yesterday, I had a video conference with a couple of friends. I'm not going to uh, mention their names yet because it's not set in stone. But we're working together on sponsorship. And... Here's how it worked. 
it's a two-way window for me. They are agreeing, and basically right now on paper, uh, um, on verbal commitment, that they want that they would sponsor me and my show, my network. I, in return, will advertise whatever they want, if it's scripted or not, anything that they want to talk about, whether in regards to business, any events, any ventures, whatever they choose throughout the whole month. And continue on the month after that, the month after that, for a certain fee. Now, these individuals come from a you know, they got they have a bit of money and they got a lot of big ideas. But we are open to doing sponsorships. We're a sponsor and when I say sponsorship, it's not us sponsoring, it's you guys sponsoring us. But the caveat is as of right now, we are new. So basically it's for five or ten dollars a month. That's it. Five or ten dollars a month on a regular basis, and we will advertise and promote anything that you have in good taste around the globe. So if you are doing things through the internet, it'll be global. People who listen to us will get the information. If it's local, we're trying to build that local base. The only way to do that is for you to get involved. Voice your opinion, voice what you want to know or want to talk about. Or if you got things you want to deal with or you want us to promote it, we'll do it. And we, if you want me to come to a function and do a show from there, once I get everything that I need, I'll be happy to. Right now, I'm working on doing a couple of locations from a place called Surge South Tacoma. It's a good co-working, networking place, but I have some good friends there, and I'm just doing it. Uh, plus, I spend a little bit of money to um, get that venue on a regular basis. But, here's the thing. You can reach us at sime.today forward slash mixr. You can leave a comment there. You can send it to geupshaw at gmail.com. Uh, Ronnie, you got an email address? I do, but it's hard for me to put that out there because most people don't know how to spell my name. So I will give you my alternate email. It is um, oldfart0082 at gmail.com. And yes, that is old and fart. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not going to repeat that. You heard what she said. You can also get me. And if there's anything you want to talk about writing, you can go to my Facebook page. And it's not that hard to find me. Just put in G.E. Shaw blog and podcast venue. You can also send a little like, follow, or whatever on Spreaker, and I will get it that way. It's called www.spreaker.com forward slash S-I-M-E underscore W underscore G-E dash Shaw. We're on Twitter. You can find me by just saying G-E Shaw. 
you'll find GE Shaw 57, that's me. You can find Ronnie by just punching in Ronnie Deshay. If you happen to see a cat, you probably got her. Uh, <laughs> yes. Outside that, um, I would love to hear for you. I would love for you to support this show. I think the more voices we get, the better we'll be and the stronger we'll be. This is G.E. Shaw. This is Ronnie Deshay. And we're going to say goodnight and be back next week. Or the week after next. I forgot which Ronnie's show is. But, <laughs> hey, we'll be back in two weeks. Unless I come back.